All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Project Warman podcast with me, Connor Warman. My guest today is Dr. Noah Dean. Dr. Noah Dean is a lifelong Texan who was an All-American hurdler in college. He went on to get his doctorate at Texas A&M and worked as an assistant professor of kinesiology at Texas Lutheran University. Soon after, Noah developed an affinity for the oil and gas industry and, trans- and transitioned away from academia. Since then, he's also started two companies, including Battle Bold, which he sold in 2019. He now serves as the business development coordinator for a Permian-based safety company, runs his metalworking company, works periodically as a live event announcer at fitness competitions, and serves on the board of directors for the Big Fish Foundation. Noah also started a podcast called How to Be 40, which documents his search for genuine maturity. On this episode, we talk about all of this and a whole lot more. And now, without further ado, Dr. Noah Dean. What's up, Dr. Noah? Holy crap, it's good to see you, Connor. <laughs> it's like I haven't holy, talked to you in forever. Holy piss, it's been a long time. <laughs> Why are you dressed so nice? It's kind of freaking me out. I just got back from work, man. Oh, I thought you dressed up for this to see me. Did you get well? I noticed you had your big fish shirt on. I felt like I, I should, I should I go put my big fish shirt on. No, that's okay. I'll just say big fish at least 37 times and that way we'll cover our bases. <laughs> Perfect. But no, it really is good to see you, man. I haven't seen you since uh, since the big fish foundation, <laughs> like a month. That's it. Yeah, it's felt like a long time though. Hey, man, so what, what, what's on the agenda? What are we talking about? Tell me what we're, we're doing. We're talk about you and you, mostly you. I don't really want to talk about me. Well, you can ask me whatever you want. Okay. I'm an open book. Okay, blue eyes. All right. But from here, they look like a dull gray, but whatever. It's kind of dark in this room. <laughs> you should. You need You need this. Yeah, I do. Jeez. And a shirt like yours. Yeah. That's what I All usually right. wear because it just makes them pop. There you go. That's oh, do, are my eyes popping? No. <laughs> Dude, I got, yeah. I got Dysport, which is like Botox, and I can't raise my eyebrows. Are you watch. serious? Yeah, watch. Is that, happens at, is that happens after 40? If, if you need, I, you need it after 40. Really? What happened? What, what happens if you don't? You look like the Grim Reaper, <laughs> which I did. I looked like that dude from Tales of the Crypt. I don't know if you ever saw that dude. I looked rough. I don't know who that is. Yeah. You're, what were you like? You're like 13 years old right now. So <laughs> yeah, back in the day. <laughs> I wish I was 13 years old again. That'd be awesome. Some people will know what Tales of the Crypt was. And they'll right. know what I'm talking about. All right. Whatever. Whatever you say. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. We're going to talk about you. We're going to start talking about you. Okay. All right. All right. So, you're a Texas guy. Very much so. Grew up in Texas. What was growing yeah. up in Texas like? Uh, like, what sports did you play? Where did you go to school down there? Stuff like that. Man, we moved a lot, man. Um, so, I was born in Alpine, Alpine, which is in way West Texas. And my mom lived in a small town out there called Marathon. And dude, they, my, they, my mom and dad divorced when I was like two. Dude, I got a funny story about my dad, by the way. <laughs> we'll right. talk about that a little bit. Yeah. But then we just, we moved everywhere. We, I moved in, I moved, I've been in Central Texas. Uh, like I've been in, we've lived all over the place, man. But okay. all Texas, 100% Texas. Texas forever. Texas forever. That's right. There's Texas and there's everything else, right? You see, yeah, those exactly. Yeah. You live, you live in everything else. Yeah. Always have, probably, maybe always will. There you go. We'll see. I don't know. But no, grew up in a lot of places. Uh, went to high school at a small town in West Texas, south of Midland, Odessa. Uh, ran, did football, basketball, and track. Sucked at football. Sucked at basketball. Was good at track. And that's it, man. And you do like hurdles or something? I did so I did hurdles. I this is what's funny. I tried out for hurdles in high school and the coach was like, nah, this is not for you. <laughs> <laughs> I went to college, walked on, tried hurdles my freshman year, and dude, I'm not kidding. The coach is like, same thing, man, hurdles aren't for you. <laughs> the next year they brought a new coach. He let me do hurdles and ended up becoming a three-time All-American hurdler. Nice. Yeah, it, was, it was funny. That's always funny. That's like the biggest slap in the face, nicest way to say you suck. <laughs> it's not for you. <laughs> it's not for you, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. for real. It is what it is. So you're a three-time what, whatever you were, All-American? It's just, yeah, it's 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 just a fancy way of saying you got the top eight in the nation. Mm. So if you get in the top eight in your division, you are an All-American. In the That's nation that. or in Texas? In the nation. Oh. I thought but Texas was its own thing. Well, it's Texas plus everything else. Yeah. So it's like. <laughs> exactly. But it's per division. It's like division one is, a, you know, is one, division two, division three, whatever, whatever. We were uh, division two. Nice. But like in track, it doesn't really matter, right? Because everyone runs the same distance. Everyone does the same thing, right? Yeah, but you're going to have more talent typically yeah. in division one. But I right? mean, like if you run 100 meters faster than a division one person, you're faster than a division one person. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's true. I was 23 years ago, but not anymore. Dude, I tried. Dude, we played softball yesterday. I tried just yelling at one of our players for screwing up, and I got lightheaded. I can't even imagine trying to run what anybody. Do you mean you yelled at him for what? It was. It wasn't him. It was a her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, Minor it details. Was it was my friend Carissa. She didn't. She didn't run from first to second after I hit the ball. So when I get to first base, she's standing right there on first base. I'm like, what are you doing? And then I had to chill out because I got lightheaded from screaming at him. I'm out of shape. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's. I didn't know you were a hurdler. Way back in the day, man. I, dude, I had cornrows. <laughs> hey, corn. Hey, I'm. <laughs> Why? Dude, I had cornrows. Who let you and everything, man? Yeah. Dude, that was legit, man. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever it's for you, man. That sounds great to me. It worked. I was fast back in the day. In fact, maybe you should get some cornrows. Maybe you do bet. Maybe you'd win the Big Fish Founder uh, Foundation fundraiser year cornrows. Hey, cornrows. Hey, tell Tosh. Hey, next year cornrows for Connor Warren. <laughs> Perfect. Make me speedier. Yeah. Run faster. Be more. Be more <laughs> Dodging through the woods. Exactly. All right, so after you were a three-time All-American shot putter, what'd you do after that? Uh, so true story. Uh, <laughs> I'm sitting in a room with my friend named Michael, and I go, hey, man, what are you going to do now that we graduated? And he goes, I'm thinking about getting my master's. I'm like, all right, well, I'll, I, dude, I didn't, I didn't know what to do with my life. So I was like, all right, cool. So I applied to get my master's, and you're going to think I'm making this up. So I applied to get my master's. A professor in the master's program called me, like took the time out of her day to call me. And I kid you not, you're going to think I'm lying, right? She said, I don't think you have what it takes to get a master's degree. <laughs> I was like, of course, me, I'm like, challenge accepted. Challenge. So I went, on, I went on to get my master's. And uh, yeah, man, I got my master's. And then after my master's, same situation i'm sitting with michael the same dude after undergrad and i said what are you doing man he goes i'm gonna go get a job and uh i was like okay well i'll, I'll go get a job. i got offered a job to coach track out of my master's oh. uh, at, a, at a pretty large high school but i thought it'd be cool to get called dr team so i uh, <laughs> applied to texas a&m <laughs> and went to earn my doctorate so that's why people call you doctor Nobody calls me that. So you're like a fake, I'm, you're a fake, you're like Dr. Phil. You're like a fake I'm, doctor. I'm a fake doctor, but only one person ever references me as Dr. D, <laughs> that's Tosh, and he does it just to make fun of me. <laughs> He's like, hey, Dr. D. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else calls you that, though? No. Oh, I thought it was like a thing, but I guess... I guess I've only ever heard Tosh say it and people around Dude, Tosh. Dude, I, I, well, I was a professor for a while, so I got called Dr. Dean a lot. Gotcha. And then I got lured away from academia into the oil field, mm. and, and nobody's called me Dr. Dean since, man. What were you a professor in, or what'd you teach? Anything under the umbrella of kinesiology. So obviously, kinesis classes and then biomechanics. So biomechanics, yeah. motor learning, okay. uh, foundations of kinesiology, just stuff like that. So I had everything from aspiring doctors like everything from aspiring real doctors to guys who are like i just want to teach elementary pe and drink beer you know so i had the whole gamut of, of students there jeez what's that like you got motivated people unmotivated people no dude hey connor i'm serious yeah being a college professor is the best best job in the world let me tell you why hmm. 
you you say you you just you're sharing what you know and that's it like in a public school you you get checked by parents and school board members and whatever dude college professors get what say whatever you want it doesn't matter it's cool man there's no pressure no stress it's a it's a formal atmosphere but you can still just I don't know, man. It was just, just a great job. No stress. No like stress you have stuff you have to teach, but you can just deliver it however you want, basically. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. actually cool. It's really, really cool. Every Yeah, that was – Yeah. Everything I've ever seen about college professors makes it seem like it would be a cool thing to do. It was fun. It was fun. I, I probably – it could have done a better job in some areas, but it was still fun. It was fun. <laughs> you know how I like to pay, how I poke fun at you sometimes? So Yeah. Sometimes I took it too far with the students. Oh, really? <laughs> hey, what the hell are you doing, man? Stop it. <laughs> I'd pick on it too much, but it was fun. Yeah. It's like big classes or was it smaller classes? Uh, 30-ish people. 30-ish oh, so students. small, like yeah, for yeah. college. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It would have been fun to have you in the class. I would have picked on you a lot. Why? Because it's, it's fun to pick on you. I'll you take s- it well. Smoke that class. <laughs> You, yeah, you do well, man. <laughs> That'd be fun. You well. Would you ever go back and do it again? Yes. If I won the lottery, I'd go, I'd go back to be a professor, 100%. If you won the 100%. lottery? Yeah, because I got – listen, by, I think – I mean, I wasn't getting paid very much. You don't get paid very much as a professor mm. unless you do, like, research and stuff like that. And in my school, I wasn't – that wasn't even an option. Gotcha. So I left academia yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Went to the oil field. What does that mean when you say you went to the oil fields? What did you do? What do you do in the oil field? Dude, that's a good question. The oil field, it, for people who don't know, is incredibly dynamic, complex. It's actually pretty interesting because the question you asked is very, very fair. There's thousands of different jobs that are oil field jobs, right? But what I did was I went to something called Wireline. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paint an elementary picture for you. Okay. There's oil in the ground. You want to get to it. Yep. So you're going to punch a giant hole in the ground. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to put a big metal straw inside that hole so that you can suck out the oil. That metal straw is a mile and a half long. Well, you can't access the oil on the sides of the straw because there's not holes in the straw. So you got to punch holes in the straw. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of fracking? Yep. Okay. So I'm getting to that process. Okay. <clears throat> well, the way you punch holes in it is you take armor piercing... I'll just call them rounds and you drop them down the hole and you have to set them off. You, you charge it and you, you set it off and it, and it pierces not only that big straw that I'm talking about, but it pierces the, what we call the formation, which is the rock. And so that's what, that was my first oil field job was in that, that part of the process. We called it, we called it wireline. Yeah. Like actually doing that, like setting that up to do it. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So you're dropping, they call them guns. You drop this huge gun down, and this gun could be, it was big. I mean, it could be 150, maybe well, 50, 100 foot long, depending. And you drop it down hole and set off those charges and it, it pokes holes so in that the pipe. Hole, the hole is only as wide as the straw you put down it, right? Are you digging the hole or is like the straw digging the hole? Uh, so a big drilling, a, dr- a drilling rig is going to drill the hole, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, just for simplicity, let's just say the hole is 10 inches in diameter. And they're going to put the big metal straw. Again, it's a mile and a half long straw. Yeah. You're going to put with joints, you know, and, and uh, that's, let's just say that's five and a half inches. And then your gun that I'm dropping down the hole, let's just say it's three and a half inches. So it fits inside there. Okay. Knife the gun and there you go. And then the fracking process starts. We, we don't have to go over that though, unless you want to. <laughs> no, but anyways, I went into the oil field, but. Dude, there's so you could come to Oldfield. I'm hiring somebody now at my current job. You want to come down? Maybe. I'll, I'll hire consider. You. I won't say no. I'll hire you. Hey, <laughs> you can you can move from everything else to Texas. Yeah, be part of the crew. Come on, man. What made you want to get into the oil fields in the first place? How honest do you want me to be on this podcast? As honest as as honest as possible. Are you sure? Yes, absolutely. All right, Connor, Let's you asked it. for it, man. <laughs> So there was several things. Money was one. Okay. Uh, one was my wife and I were having problems. 
Okay. And it looked it looked like divorce was was imminent, honestly. And her family, she is a fourth generation Odessa oil field girl. Oh wow. So she has family, deep rooted family here in Midland Odessa. And so at the time I thought, okay, well, I'll make more money, provide for my family. And in the chance the marriage doesn't work out, she'll be close to family. So that will be better for her and us, whatever. But thankfully, the man upstairs used, it sounds weird, used CrossFit to help mm-hmm. save our marriage once we got here. So ultimately it was a really good move. But that you asked me why. That was that was why. Yeah. That wasn't like bad. It wasn't bad, I was but I mean, something crazy. But but you don't walk around like the, the local convenience store. Hey man, you want to know why I went to the oil field? You, know, you don't bring that up a cash <laughs> Wait, so do, does that mean I blame you for high gas prices? Um, you blame. Listen, you want me to go down the list of people you blame for high gas prices? Yeah, start. So starting with you. <laughs> starting with me. <laughs> Ends with Pelosi. I don't know. <laughs> There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. But, so, yeah. yeah. What, what, hey, yeah. dead serious. And th- yeah. this is an invitation to you, and I'm sincere about this, and anyone else. If you ever want to come down here, man, I'll show you a lot of the oil field. It's so interesting. It really is. It sounds great. Cool. So, okay. Yeah. Like the fracking process we talked about. Yep. Imagine taking a million barrels of mud, like sand and water, a million, mm-hmm. and shoving it into this rock hard formation down hole, and then multiplying that by five hundred thousand wells in the Permian Basin. It's just it's incredible how vast and big this is. In like in different spots in Texas. Oh well, the Permian Basin, yeah, is, is like West Texas and Southeast New Mexico and that sort of thing. But yeah, man, oh. it's pretty impressive. Didn't your boy, didn't your boy Joe Biden ban fracking or something? Oh, my boy. Yeah, I forgot two things. I forgot that he is indeed my boy. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't ban fracking. But fracking does cause earthquakes around here. Well, oh, really? but we have earthquakes probably every two or three months at our house. Yeah. Not big ones, obviously, right? Nah, they just scare the piss out of you in the middle of the night. Start, and sh- start shaking. Just, dude, just, it just freaks me the yeah. F out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And then I go back to sleep. Yeah. So going back to why you got into the oil fields in the first place, you mentioned CrossFit. How did that, you said it saved your marriage. How did it do that? Like, like what happened? Um, Well, I had heard about CrossFit for years and I just passed it off as something I didn't want to do, you know, and I tried it, loved it. Um, And then I tried to convince my wife to do it. And she was like, nah, my wife didn't like to work out at all. She's like, I'm going to sit on the couch, even eat M&Ms and watch Oprah or whatever, you know, she's like, like work up. But uh, I tried to convince her to, to do it. And she got into photography. And so she made a deal with the owner of the gym that she would come and take pictures for the CrossFit website for a free membership. Hmm. So she didn't even really intend to like it or whatever. But she tried it one time and she was hooked. And then she got really, really good, hmm. like really good. And that just that was the glue that, you know, that that bonded us together, man. It was the pretty gym. cool. Getting yeah, the CrossFit, the CrossFit gym. Yeah, the CrossFit. Yeah, when you have something, when you have when you have a a glue, as I put it, that's man, that's that's important. You know? Yeah. No, that's cool. Not. And when was that? How long ago was that? Uh, that was 2013 when she started. I think 2000. Yeah, 2000. Well, she might have started 2014, something like that. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And then you've been to like multiple oil fields, right? All over the place. I've been to multiple jobs in the oil field. Yes. Like, multiple positions in the oil field. Yeah. Like where you, when you started, like, where do you go from there? How do you like keep going up? Well, the oil field. okay. First off, I didn't keep going up. Oh, <laughs> I went lateral. I went down, then up and all kinds of places, but well, you're definitely not drilling holes in that shirt you're wearing. No, no, no. So they call the drillers, the guys who are on there on the rigs, they call them roughnecks. You heard the term roughnecks, right? I don't think so. You never heard Roughnecks? I've heard of Rednecks, well, but I don't think Roughnecks. Okay, well, Roughnecks are sometimes Rednecks and vice versa. Okay. But no, so if you just want to think of base level oil field person, whatever job that is, part of the fracking process, part of the drilling process, whatever, dude, they're working 80 to 100 hours a week. They're waking up at three in the morning. They're getting yelled at. It's, it's manual labor. It's tough. It's like a big fish foundation fundraiser all the time. Mm. <laughs> It's, it's tough. 
it's yeah. tough. Those guys are those guys are animals. But if you can eventually move yourself up in different positions, and if you end up in sales, or that's probably the easiest job because in sales in the oil field, you're playing golf, you're taking people to eat lunch, you're shooting mm. skeet, and you're getting paid to do it. Mm. Pretty neat. So that's what you just gotta stick it, stick with it. Did you ever do that first part? Uh, wireline was not that bad, but it was close. I remember gotcha. setting my alarm for eleven. I set my alarm for eleven p.m. to go to work one time. Oh, I had geez. to be up at, I had to be at the yard at midnight. I remember that one though. Yeah. Dang. That's rough. It was tough. It was tough. Well, I hope you're ready to pivot and find a new career because your boy also said, I think we're getting rid of oil and gas soon. Okay. In his good lifetime, luck he said. I think good, his, good luck with that. That's in, fun. in our lifetimes, he said. So <laughs> Dude, do you know how much how many products are made from the oil and gas industry? Uh not many. I think it's all solar. You know what? You're right. You're right. Dude, I'm serious. Dude, the cap you're wearing, the yeah. headphones you have on, everything. Everything? Dude, it's nuts. Yeah. Well, not according to him. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll, I'll get my solar-powered bicycle and ride to Boulder next year for the fundraiser. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so a few years down the road, you started this fitness company called battle bold yep. what was that and why'd you start that uh so one of my goals in life you appreciate goals i know you have them uh is and was then to own or own a successful company or be a part owner of a successful company so i started battle bold dude i didn't even know what i wanted to do i got on ebay and i bought a screen printer do you know what a screen printer is isn't, isn't that like where you print t-shirts on and stuff yeah 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 you put it yeah, down yeah, yeah. <clears throat> screen print the t-shirts yeah, yeah dude i bought a screen printer a little cheapo one from indonesia or whatever for 149 dollars. and in my head i'm like dude i'm gonna build this massive successful business i spent like weeks watching youtube videos trying to learn how to operate this thing for every one shirt i made i destroyed on accident like two shirts so but that was my intro man i ended up selling uh ended up diversifying and selling uh like shorts and hats and belts and um, went on to bumper plates and barbells. Hmm. I gave, Oh, Bill Henniger a run for his money. He'd yeah, say, sure. Bill, yeah, I came, I came at you, Bill, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was good. It was good. Um, I think he, then, I think he actually called that like his single biggest, like his darkest hour. He he's, he well, yeah. There. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I was like the death star to row, bro. <laughs> like, like he was, he called me one time. I was like, Hey, you got to stop, oh, please. We're losing revenue. And so, uh, in 2019, this is, this is, this is timing right here. I sold that company in November of 2019. Connor COVID hit in like April or May of 20. If I would have held on to that company for five months, mm -hmm. I would have been rolling in the dough because the price of those items just skyrocketed. Hmm. but I did. It is what it is. So you just kind of got into it because you just wanted to do a business and you didn't know what it was oh. going to be. And that's how you like just did that. I wanted to learn entrepreneurship. Gotcha. The, the, the basics of entrepreneurship. And I, obviously I had these big grandiose dreams of making it into this ginormous company. Um, but other goals inhibited that goal to some degree we can talk about that later if you want but uh it kind of it had to it had to come to a plateau to some degree gotcha and so at just that point of, i sold just because of other stuff going on or well uh i saw i told you that was one goal well my main goal was to be a provider and a committed husband right mm -hmm. well I, i'm not going to say they're they're uh, i'm not going to say they're perfectly opposing forces but if you want to make a successful company, you got to put all your time and energy into it. Well, if you want a successful marriage and be a committed father, you got to put your time and energy into that. So ultimately, I believe you're going to have to weigh at one point, which one do you want more, right? So that that company stagnated. And uh, there you go. Was that a hard decision or was that a pretty easy decision? No, of course not. Of course not. My wife's awesome. My kids are awesome. <laughs> All right, whatever you say. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> but like, that, 
Yeah, go ahead. Oh, wow. I, I want to know your story. What's up with you, man? I don't have you any. You started like five businesses. You got <laughs> better than your mama coffee or whatever the name is. And <laughs> I don't have any stories. I wake up, do my thing, go to bed, repeat. Okay. I look forward to an elaboration on what doing my thing is. <laughs> it's every day is different. Whatever I'm feeling, you know? You know how it goes. You know how it rolls out there on the streets. <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie How to uh, the Forty Year Old Virgin? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he goes, do you like to do it yourself? <laughs> That's your everyday. <laughs> Me. Like, what are you gonna do today? <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna do something myself, though. <laughs> I'm talking about like projects around the house. I don't know what you're doing. You know, whatever. Okay. Whatever I want, basically. Solar-powered bicycles. Solar-powered bicycles. <laughs> exactly. So you gave up on the dream. No, don't word it that way. Don't word it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give up on the dream. I still have the dream. I was just, it? Yeah. For, for now, there's priorities, right? For now, there's, there's priorities. So there was an intention on doing it again just somewhere down the road. Maybe, the, maybe something else. Oh, I haven't given up on that goal. It's just now is not the right time. Didn't you no, sell no. it though? It's gone forever. Well, that particular company, yes, it's no. gone. I'm not gonna buy it back. <laughs> not gonna buy but, it. Back. <laughs> yeah. Is it still a thing? But, oh yeah, yeah. The guy who bought it, he's a good guy. His name's Jose Mora. He lives in Arlington, and oh. he's he's done well. You can go to BattleBowl.com. He's he's yeah, he's still doing well. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, I think there's still a picture of my wife on the website. If you want to check her out? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> So keep going down like your CrossFit thing. When did you get into like being the announcer dude at the events? Man, and this how did guy that, just yeah, how did that happen? He just asked me to be the MC for the local competition at Odessa CrossFit, and I didn't know what that meant. I was like, "What do I do?" He goes, "Well, just speak, say stuff on the microphone." And you know me; I don't shut up. So I was like, "All right, give me a microphone, and I won't shut up." <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed it, and other people started reaching out to me, and then I volunteered to do. Uh, Wadapalooza in Miami. You heard of Wadapalooza? Yes. I'm just making sure because you're like nine years old. You don't know who <laughs> half do, the things. Why do I keep getting younger as we go? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you even knew who Joe Biden was. But anyway. <laughs> so, no, uh, I volunteered to do Wadapalooza. And then at that point, it's about who you know, right? I met the right people, yep. connected. And at that point, you just get invited to other things. and and I, it's funny because that's how I met Tosh. So I got invited to work at the CrossFit Games, not for the athletes, but for uh, CrossFit Health. And uh, Nicole Carroll, I didn't know her personally at the time, connected. And she's like, okay, you're going to come work. You're going to work under this guy named Brian Chantosh. And so that's how I met Tosh and we became friends. And, and there you go, man. Nice. What did you guys do there? What was like? What was your thing? At at the at the CrossFit Games or yeah, what? with the CrossFit Health. Oh yeah, so they had oh well, it was CrossFit training at the time I think, but CrossFit Health and training, CrossFit training health. Uh, forgive me, anybody who knows the answer who's listening, but <laughs> they have what's what's in, what they call an expo stage at the games. So speakers will do give a present different presentations. Julie Fouché has has done some stuff there. Uh, uh, just some big names. Um, uh, Chris Henshaw, aerobic capacity. Just, they have big names that come and put on different demonstrations and presentations, and they need an MC, or well, I guess they think they need an MC to help facilitate transitions and announcements and so forth. So it's a pretty easy job. I just go up there and, and do that. And and Tosh was actually my boss that first year. Okay. So you know Tosh. You know Tosh. He's like, all right, cool. So we're gonna we're gonna move this here. We're gonna put that there. We're gonna do this. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're gonna do this. Do that. You know. <laughs> Make it all nice, nice. You know how I talk. Make this all nice, nice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like when you do those events, does that make you nervous at all? Like does public speaking make you nervous like that? Not anymore. It did, but not it's anymore. It's the start. Yeah. Like it started. It's it's yeah. Uh, sometimes it's nerve wracking. But I feel but. like it's something where you kind of get in the flow of it, and you're like, okay, I feel good now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I can go with that. I mean, I could ask you a similar situation of, does it make you nervous 
you know, when you first started the Big Fish Foundation fundraiser, were you nervous prior to it? Not really, actually. Were you not really? No. See, I'm impressed by that because I think I would have boo-booed myself just thinking about it. Like, that's pretty impressive. <clears throat> like the event itself? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. No, because I've been around Tosh enough and done enough events with Tosh to know what I was getting into. There you go. You know. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so there you go. Similar situation. You've done it yeah. enough, kind of <clears throat> adapted to that. But there still is like half an hour before there's still like the butterflies in your stomach, you know, kind of like, oh. We're going to actually do this. We've yeah. been talking about it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I have to follow through with this. Now, do, you, do you compete at CrossFit competitions? No. I'm not really? really a big fan. Not anymore. Used to be more, way more competitive, like do that. Because, is it because you're not good anymore or what? <laughs> <laughs> Could be part of it. Dude, I can't even squat 95 pounds. Don't let me talk to you about it. <laughs> That'd be a problem if you couldn't squat 95 pounds. <laughs> it's a problem. It's, it's a problem. It's, it's a problem. How was the how was the last event, the one in Knoxville that you were at? Oh, the Syndicate Crown. Uh, one of my favorites, man. Really? Yeah, dude. So well run, well organized. Better than Wadapalooza? No. Dude, Wadapalooza is just east of downtown Miami on the beach. It doesn't get any better, man. Wadapalooza is just amazing. Yeah. But Syndicate Crown was pretty cool. It was, it was well run and fun. Dude, they're all good. They're all good. I think, I mean, CrossFit XQ uh, oversaw the Syndicate. Um, they've been a part in the past of Wadapalooza, you know, because it was at the time a sanctioned event. Dude, it's just, it's always good. So when you're like announcing there, like, are you strictly just saying what's happening or you like talking shit to people? It depends on which event. Okay. Listen, listen, if it's a local event, I will straight up <clears throat> call them out. Like say inappropriate things that I can't even say here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. If it's, but you can't do that. And like the syndicate crown, you have to keep it kind of mild, you know, a lot yeah. of Palooza. You can pick on them a little bit, you know, a little bit, but you're basically I can't just saying go. who's where. Yeah. I Listen, an MC is useless. It's like, I'm going to say everything that everyone's already watching. Like, what? <laughs> like, like, and Carrie Pierce is leading in lane six. Everybody's like, yeah, no crap. I'm looking right at her. I can see that she's running. Why does this guy have a microphone right now? <laughs> like, That's funny. Listening to commentators in CrossFit is hilarious. Like when like it's what Sean Woodland and Chase Ingram do like the games. Yeah. And you're just pretty much pointing out the obvious. You're like, well, here comes Carrie Pierce. She's she's going unbroken on her pull-ups. You know she was a gymnast, right? She was it's like, Yeah, thanks, dude. Dude, hey, but props to those guys. They're pretty witty sometimes. They say things are pretty fun. They're more talented than I am. Very yeah. much. Sean Sean's got some jokes. Dude, Sean, uh, Tommy, Chase, Bill, dude, they're all pretty talented. I'm impressed with them. Yeah just really funny because it's just a funny it's just funny that it's like a it's just funny that it's a sport to me still no, no that's fair you know, and like, listen <clears throat> can you imagine 30 years ago listen man one of your jobs is people are going to be working out <laughs> and you're going to be <laughs> and you're going to be commenting <laughs> on even commenting on what they're doing and you're like wait so he's going to be doing push-ups and i'm going to be telling people that he's doing push-ups <laughs> People that are people that are there watching him do push-ups. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. I mean, it's great. I, I love it. They like it. It's great. But it's just yeah. it's just funny when you stop and think that it's actually a thing. Yeah. Like, yeah I, I don't know why I exist in that realm. Like, why? Why am I there? <laughs> do you like want to keep doing it for a while? Oh heck yeah, dude! It's so fun. it's like a therapy for me. I even told yeah. my boss that the other day. Because we were we had a high stress day the other day, and I, and he was talking about how he goes to Mexico for therapy. I was like, dude, CrossFit competitions are my therapy, man, hundred percent. Yeah, is that a lot of prep for you? Minimal. No. Minimal. And I'm not gonna lie, there sometimes when I walk out there, and it's like one minute, I'm like, all right, guys, what's the workout? What what are they, what, what are they doing? <laughs> what's the workout? What are they What are they doing? I see some rings. I don't, you know, but yeah, yeah. but sometimes there is like in bigger competitions. Wadapalooza, Granite Games, uh, Syndicate. Yeah, you you have to put some prep time in. Yeah. For sure. Gotcha. Not those local yeah. comps, though, where you just, just... Dude, local comps, anything goes. I've made a fun of people's moms. <laughs> 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 like, 
Jeez. <laughs> no, it's fun though. Local comps are good. Yeah. So you met Tasha at the games. That was 2019, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, no. 2019? Or was it 18? I think it was 18 when I first met him. It doesn't matter. 18 or 19. So, yeah. And then when did you get involved with Big Fish? When he started it. So I think I met him at 18. And I and correct. he can correct me. I think it was 2020 when he officially launched. You know what? January 1st, 2020, I think, is when he officially launched Big Fish. Asked me to be on the board. I was very honored to be able to do that. Um, not because I like Tosh. I don't like Tosh very much, but just because of the cause of the Big Fish Foundation. Yeah. Uh, and I'm kidding. I do like Tosh, but uh, no, it was it was an honor to to be asked to to do that. No, for sure. And why is that a cause that you're so invested in? Man, I'm just I'm a supporter of our military. Man, yeah. come on. Yeah, support our veterans. I'm from, I'm from Texas. I'm not from everywhere else. Yeah, I'm Texas. We support our veterans in Texas. <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> no, but uh, but yeah, man. Um, that's a great cause, man. A great cause. Uh, and ultimately, you know, if you look at the if you look at the website, you see that the ultimate purpose uh, is to prevent suicide, right? And of course, you know, that resonates with a lot of people that resonates with people, veteran and non-veteran. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's a great cause from either perspective. So, man, who doesn't want to help out and be a part of that in some way? Mm -hmm. No, for sure. So you've been around for all three fundraisers, right? Yes. What have you thought about each one and kind of where it's been going over the years? Again, how honest can I be on this podcast? As honest as you want. All right, dude, I'm going to get real with you. I hope you wouldn't lie. Each, each year. And I'm not exaggerating each year. I'm convinced that Tosh is more and more sadistic what <laughs> he programs, <laughs> but, but to his credit, to his credit, um, each year I, I am sincerely impressed with what humans can do. And I'm not, I'm not even trying to, I'm not downplaying that. I really am like all three years I have approached that thinking that Tosh was asking too much of the people. Like, I'm, I'm dead serious. In my mind, I thought he's asking too much of these people. And I mean, and every year I'm, I'm proven wrong. And, and I'm impressed every year. Well, he definitely asked too much of Dan Bailey this year. I'll tell you that. Well, listen, if Dan Bailey would spend more time doing anything but working on his traps, he, he'd be okay. But he's like, all day I'm going to get bigger traps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Well, what does Dan, what does Dan do all day besides, does he just, he wakes up, he has dumbbells glued to his hands, I think, you just, yeah, 24 7, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that guy, I got home and I was like, I told my wife, I said, hey, listen, we know that Dan is a big guy, we've seen him like on, you know, TV and stuff, but I was like, man, not nah, babe, he's a big man, he's a Obviously not vertically. What is he like? Yeah, four foot two he's, vertically. He's so tiny. He, dude, he, <laughs> he's like an Arnold Schwarzenegger Oompa Loompa. Like it's, <laughs> it's crazy. No, but it was fun. It was fun getting to uh, to get to know Dan. Yeah. No. By the way, I'll tell you what a Oompa Loompa is later. You have no idea what's going on there. <laughs> what are you talking about? What do you mean? Do you know what a Oompa Loompa is? Like a real Oompa Loompa? Like from the movie? Yes. Good. Good. I was fixing. I was about I thought there was going to be some like thing you're gonna say that no it's just not appropriate no, for anyone <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how you think definitely not a pure mind like myself correct not a pure mind like yourself you're no. right <laughs> <laughs> oh man no but no it's not uh, honestly um every year i'm more and more impressed uh the the event to me is dude it's kind of like okay so you know at the olympics you have the best of the best of the best in certain events, right? Yep. Decathletes, pole vaulters, whatever. Swimmers. And the CrossFit Games, the CrossFit Games, you have the best of the best of the best CrossFitters, right? Yep. And the Big Fish Foundation is like, to me, it's like, th these are the best of the best quality people, if that makes mm. any sense. Like, forget athleticism, even forget accolades in the military, but just, you're looking at pure good souls and I, and that's how i see the big fish foundation fundraiser every year because i'm just blown away by by the people and why they are there 
and and their demeanor and their actions and it's just impressive to me every year well geez sorry to let you down <laughs> uh every year well this third year there was a bad apple a, a blue-eyed bad apple i won't go into his name but <laughs> <laughs> just wouldn't stop talking to everyone <laughs> <laughs> no it was, it was good you did, you did it was fun you did well no it was fun i really enjoyed it did you really enjoy it yeah don't don't lie to me no, listen I did, yeah listen listen no, i'm not lying listen. to you it's like it's like listen connor I'm going to give you an ice pick and I want you to stab yourself in a kidney with an ice pick okay. repetitively for 30 hours. First off, I wouldn't be able to find my kidney. <laughs> I would hit something else before I hit that. <laughs> Did you really have fun? Cause yeah, man. I mean, there were some hard, there were definitely hard parts like towards the end, but it was still fun. Like the group makes well, it, like you said, the group makes it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can, I can understand. And, and I can understand that. hundred percent. Yeah. But no, I, yeah, you were tough. I ain't gonna lie. I don't know why you wore two-inch shorts the entire time. <laughs> Just how I roll. Those were those what were, were long. You trying to sh- what were you really trying to show? Those were long like, for me. Is- <laughs> those are my game day, my game day shorts right there. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Tiger Woods wears red on Sundays. I wear two-inch shorts on game day. Okay, you know what? Stick with it if it works. <laughs> Stick with it if it works. Yep. You should get some of those. Two inch shorts? Yeah, I can get you some. Yeah, no, man. No, man. My wrist is the same diameter as my quads. You don't want to see what's going on down there. <laughs> oh, yeah, you squat 95 pounds. That's no, right. I cannot squat oh, 95 pounds. <laughs> that, that, that would be a PR. <laughs> that would be a PR. <laughs> I'd party if I squatted 95 pounds. <laughs> hey, speaking of, are you doing the. Uh, what is it? The slap in your mouth thing? Oh, the, the madness challenge? The slap in your mouth thing? <laughs> yeah. I couldn't remember what it's called. Yeah. I'm, yeah. So you're halfway through. What is this? What is this? Oh, it's June. Jeez. June 7th? Yeah. How's it going? Is it going well? Yeah, it's going good. Is Diesel still in it? Diesel Mike? Yeah, he's in it. Are you in it? No. You were last year, right? Thanks for noticing for six months that I haven't been in there. <laughs> I guess you just don't make much of an impression. I do not. I do not. <laughs> I admit it. I admit it. Oh, you, you did it last year, though, right? I did it last year. What happened? And I made. Did you DNF this year? I DNF'd in January. This uh, year? This year. Yeah. You and Rex. Dude, okay. I have an excuse, though. Well. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't have an excuse. But I got fired in January mm. from my last oil job. And I was like, listen, man, I got other stuff to worry about. I'm not going to worry about how many dumbbell thrusters I can do right now. I'm not going to mess with it. But, yeah. And, you know, Tosh, one and you're out, you know. (laughs) He says it exactly like that. (laughs) One strike, you're out. So I was done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Tosh would make a great umpire in a baseball game. (laughs) Can you imagine a little t-ball game? Little, Little Tommy comes up. What? Yeah! <laughs> Any pushback from a manager? You're out of here. <laughs> oh, I love you, Todd. I love you, Todd. He's funny. <laughs> All right. So you got this podcast called This Is 40, whatever, that I can't relate don't to pay in, attention, in any way, Connors. shape, or Because I'm not 40. Oh, touche. I don't ever plan on being 40. Stay yeah, okay. stay, stay young forever. There you go. So I have a podcast. It's called How to Be Forty. How to Be Forty. This is Forty is a How movie. That's what I was thinking of. This is Forty is a movie. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen that movie. Probably not. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen but most things. Apparently, no. I've got a podcast, How to Be Forty. Hey, you know what? I'm excited to know how many episodes you've listened to of How to Be Forty. There's no comment in that in answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be dead honest. You've listened to as many of those as I've listened to Project Warman. Great, <laughs> that's why I work so well. This will be my first one. <laughs> I'll go back and listen to this one. So that means you have to go listen to one of mine. Fine, dude. They're like 15 minutes. Mine are easy. We could have filmed one before we started this. Of you trying to figure out how to turn the sound on. 
That'd have been like a 40 year old person trying to do that. Listen. Can you hear me now? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so why'd you start it? Well, I, I guess I have an idea of what's it about, but what really is it about? Um, okay, so I'm not going to go too in depth. You, you can listen to the podcast to know the, the ultimate reason, but um, it was, whenever, ever since I was a kid, man, 40 was like the life is over marker, right? You're, you're dead after 40, right? Really? Um, well, when I, when I was a kid, it wasn't like I, earlier, it wasn't like 30. So or 25, 30 at one point. And then once you turn 30, it's like, okay, well, it's got the, the kid thing kicks in again. It's like, okay, it's, it's backed up to 40. So when you're a kid, it's 40. When you're in your teens, it's 30. And then when you get 30, it's back up to 40. But, uh, I, um, I think the way that I word it on the podcasts and don't, I don't want to screw this up is it's my attempt to delineate what it means to transition from juvenile thinking and behavior to genuine maturity. Can I stop you right there? Yes. When I read that, I took that personally. <laughs> and I took that personally. And I took that personally. <laughs> no, but listen, and, and uh, Jeff Case and I were talking about this at the fundraiser. And I told him that. And he, he kind of made a joke about himself. He's like, oh, well, I still make fart jokes. So I guess I'm out of that. I said, no, no, no. I said, you don't, you don't understand. Like, <clears throat> genuine maturity in my opinion, has nothing to do with how many fart jokes you make. If yeah. you're if you're talking about balls and peckers or whatever, mm-hmm. like that's not, I'm talking about the next, the next tier uh, of maturity, meaning have you learned to love people? Have you learned to, have you learned to forgive people? You know, um, <clears throat> have you learned to give people a second chance and, and that sort mm-hmm. of thing, you know, that, that's my search. So like certain fart things- jokes, like like certain things that you really only can learn through experience and age in in a way to, to a would, degree. And I would dare say that even experience and age aren't a good barometer for, for that level of maturity. I, I, I would think that, and this is, this is me not saying I know the answer, but I think it has to go deeper than that. Okay. Um, I think it has to be a sincere effort to research what it takes to do that. And of course, my podcast uh, is based biblically. Okay. So, so oftentimes I will talk about how, you know, we can preach, you need to forgive people for whatever reason. And, and ultimately certain things can only be accomplished with what I'll call divine strength. And, and that's what I'm going to, that's what I'll say about that. I might course jump. And that's what I'll say about that. <laughs> you but, sound like him. But yeah, man. So <clears throat> that's, that's my search there. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a way to memorialize lessons that my kids and perhaps grandkids can have after I'm uh-huh. gone, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's really cool. But why, why is 40 the age besides you being a kid and thinking that life was over at 40? Okay. Fair question. So when I was like eight, some people might say it's 50. Okay. No, it it, it stems back to, it stems back to an event when I was a kid. Okay. So when I was a kid, uh, my mom turned 40, uh, and she got a card, like a happy birthday card. And it said over the hill. I remember this very vividly. And, uh, and I just asked her, I was like this little inquisitive kid. I was like, what does that mean? And she basically said, well, a lot of people believe that after you turn 40, everything is just bad from then on out. <laughs> you know? So I was like, okay, mom, okay. check it. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. 40 it is. So yeah, when I turned 40 that I remembered back to that and, and I remember the lessons that I have failed to, there's a lot of lessons that I mentioned, forgiveness and grace and love and mercy and patience is a big one all of those i have failed at dramatically multiple times mm-hmm. and uh, i'm trying to get to that next tier of, of maturity yeah 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 so that's what that's about and like what do you think's on the other side of that next level of maturity hopefully peace and contentment to be honest mm. if you i think if if a human being and I don't want to get too biblical on you, but they call it the fruit of the spirit. If you can perfect patience, love, grace, and those things, 
dude, what, I mean, what else is on the other side of that other than peace? I mean, honestly, what, there can't be anything else mm-hmm. but peace on the side of that. Yeah. If, you're to the point, if you're to the point where no one can affect you in a negative way because yeah. you're so full of grace and patience uh-huh. and understanding and forgiveness, you're, you're untouchable. Uh-huh. Well, what exactly does peace like mean? Because it could be different things to different people, right? That's a great, that's a good question, Connor. Maybe I should come bring you on the podcast and you can go <clears throat> through that with me. Because <laughs> the biblical thing's interesting because I get it and a lot of people like relate to it and, you know, but like, even if you're not necessarily a religious person or a biblical person, like a, a lot of those same principles still apply to most good people, you know, in air quotes. I would agree with that. So I feel like it's just really relatable to a lot of people, even if it's not, even if they're not like Christian people. I would agree. So let me ask you a question. Great. What would you say to those people who are, have this knee jerk reaction to resist ideas, principles, and perspectives like that once they find out that they are biblically based? It's just so they that, might be open. Yeah. Does, does that make sense, my question? Like why they would reject it just because you're talking about in biblical terms? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what you're asking? Yes, I'm asking you your personal opinion. Why Why does that happen? I think it, part of it's just ignorance. Okay. Right, like you don't want to because it's really, it's because it's attached to this one thing that you don't necessarily believe. Yeah. You don't want to like, not relate to it, but associate with it at all. But then you'll right. go, you'll turn around and say something to someone else. And it might be the exact same thing, just said in different terms. Right. Right. Well, there do you, I don't know if you remember years ago, there was a, 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 a he was on the streets and he, he's interviewing people and he's like, Hey, what do you think about Obama's decision to do this, 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 remember that? Yeah. I know and they were vehemently, vehemently opposed to all of that. Yeah. But, and they were Bush supporters. And then the guy flipped the script and he goes, actually, those are all Bush's mandates, you yeah. know? And, and like, Oh, and they kind it's of backtrack. It's right? that exact thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like that exact idea. You just associate yeah. ideas with certain things, and you're either like all you're in or out. And if it's associated with that, you're like, no way. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's ignorance, and we're all ignorant, ignorant about certain things. I it's mean, it's just it's just stupid because it's like golden rule is like treat others like golden rule, whatever. I don't know where that came from. I learned it like second grade, but it's like treat enough. everyone you want to be treated. But then like it says the same exact thing in the Bible, you know? Yeah. Like it's like just the golden rule. Yeah, but if yeah. you said, you know, like the way Jesus might have said it, people would be like, no way, bro. No way. <laughs> I don't believe that. No way. <laughs> no way. No way. No, no way, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's part of my search. I haven't perfected it. Um, I have not. I guess and, it's, just, it's a cool space to just like work it out for yourself. And then maybe somebody else finds some value in it too. Not many people have, according mm. to my to, to my records of listeners. Yeah, you can't look at that. That's just stupid. <laughs> I think my mom and my wife for the people who listen to my podcast. I just think you gotta just you gotta do it for you at the end of the day. Yeah. You yeah. know, nobody's gonna enjoy it more than you. Even like someone like Joe Rogan, who has millions of fo- like subscribers and followers, or whatever, like I guarantee nobody enjoys it more than he does. You might be right. I honestly just I really do it a lot for my kids just so they don't, cause I mentioned that I've been, I, I told you before that I've been fired from jobs, you know, and, yep. and severed relationships for various reasons. Dude, if I can, if I can set uh, a tone or a, a path that says, Hey, don't do this. Don't do this. Try this, try this and have them live a life that is less rocky than mine. I think that would be a successful life. Hmm. Yeah. You can do the same thing. When you when you get a wife and kids, you can do the same thing. Maybe. <laughs> if that ever happens. <laughs> when it happens. What are you gonna name your first kid? Um uh, probably Cooper. Cooper? Yeah. It's like like that, Anderson man. Cooper? No. <laughs> no. Oh sorry, I meant to say Tucker. Tucker. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Tucker, there you go. I'm gonna say Tucker. I have no idea. Is that something like people like think about? Dude, I don't know, man. I mean, eventually you're going to have to think about it. But, like, is that something you think about, like, when you're whatever, not in that situation? I don't know. You're not in that situation. That's you what I'm you tell me. But you've been in that situation, too. I can't remember. I mean, 
I can't remember. Listen, if you have a, <clears throat> if you have a boy, just name him Dan Bailey Warman. <laughs> and if it's a girl, anything, I don't know, whatever you want. All right. Dana Bailey Warman. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is that just like something that comes to you? Like the baby comes out and it's like Lion King moment. And then it's like, oh, we're going to name him Simba. Hey, yeah. forget the naming situation. Dead serious. The scariest day of my life yeah. was taking my daughter home from the hospital. Scariest, scariest thing ever. Why? Because it's like, all right, here's a human. Hmm? It's the size of a watermelon. If you hurt it, you go to prison. And like, and you, yeah, you, you, you love it a whole bunch and it's yeah. going to poop on you. Good hmm. luck. Like, it's scary. It's scary. Yeah. I can't wait till little Connor, Connor pops out. Connor Jr. <laughs> then what are we gonna do? Oh man, might be living in Texas then. Come on, living Texas, Texas, working the oil field, starting a podcast. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Another one until until we go all solar. Yeah, in six, yeah, six months. Know. Six months, I think he said. Six months to go solar. Yeah, this is the great transition right now. From is he talking about putting it on his house, his White House? It's going to solar panels all over the White House. Yes, we're committed to green here. We're going green in the White House, and they're just going to fall asleep right there. You have no idea what's going. On. That's terrible. That all needs to be edited out now. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. You might need to edit a lot of stuff, actually. This is going to be a three-minute episode because of all the crap you've edited out. <laughs> I'm sorry. <sighs> hey, are you doing the uh, the fundraiser next year? I don't know. Okay. He hasn't said anything about it. Uh, if, he asked, he if he asks he me, I'll do it. What? He doesn't want you back. He Probably not. <clears throat> I wish I could have stayed, man. I got home at three thirty in that the morning. That was wild. And then had to be. I got home at three thirty and was up at work by seven thirty. That was tough. Didn't you that like? Tough... Didn't you go to sleep like five hours in and never came back out? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's wild. Because I I knew you were doing that, then I forgot, and then all of a sudden I saw it like at the end. You're like, I'm out. See you guys. Like saying goodbye to everyone. And I was like, oh man, he was. I forgot. He was serious. Dude, yeah, some of y'all were still like breathing hard and sweating. I was like, I gotta go, man. I can't stick around. But gotta get to those oil fields, man. Oil fields are waiting. They're always waiting. Oil fields are waiting. Gotta do that fracking. Always. I love. You know what? I want you to come down and visit. I've actually. Uh, Nicole said she had some time off. I'm waiting for Nicole and Tosh to come down too. Jump oh. in that airstream with them, and y'all come down. All right, I'll try, but I don't know if they'll let me in there. They would love to have you. In there. They would love to have you in there. Okay. If you say it so. probably still, dude, it probably still stinks. <laughs> dude, I don't know what it was. It was my socks or my chones yeah. or something, but it stunk up that thing bad. I felt bad for the after that. Yeah. But that'd be fun. I'd like to go, I'd like to, go to Texas. Come on, man. You right. can go. Have you ever been to Texas? Besides flying through, no. Been to Dallas really? and Houston airports. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's lame. I know, right? Dude. It is lame because I want to. I want to be a Texas guy. I want to be part of the team. What do you want to do? Do you want to go work cattle? I'm not kidding. My son is 10 years old. He worked cattle this morning, like take cutting the balls out of calves and stuff. They did that today, and they're going to do it tomorrow morning. Wow! You can you can come ride a horse and cut balls and snip ears and brand or whatever it is you want. If my parents are listening to this, they are terrified. <laughs> <laughs> It's what cowboys do, man. Okay, like, hey, yeah, cowboys, man. They just do their thing, you know? They, they do their thing, man. Straight up. End the day at the local saloon. With tobacco, but we call it tobacco. <laughs> Wacky tobacco. Get up, ride off on their horse, and do it all over again. That's <laughs> right. Going to go wrestle them doggies. And yep. then after that, we're going to go to the Riverwalk in San Antonio. Okay. We're going to go to Austin. Okay. Never mind. We're not going to go to Austin. Why? Don't go to Austin. I want to go there. Austin's a horrible place. Why? We'll go to ACL, Austin Seed Limits, big okay, concert. Cool. But outside of that, don't go to Austin. I'd be like Wyatt Earp down there. Wyatt Earp? That's who I would be like. Would you dress like Wyatt Earp? Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm in Texas now. <laughs> I, have one, I have one more serious question for you. Okay. Can you handle that or no? Maybe. Maybe. So Diesel Mike brought this up to me once. And I didn't really have an answer for him. He had a perfect answer. Okay. What would you say the three guiding principles in your life are? Well, family. Okay. Okay. It's supposed to be God. Yep. It's supposed to be God's number one. Don't shake that USB cord at me, by the way. It's supposed <laughs> it's supposed to be God. Um and and I, I, I obviously I, I'm gonna admit I struggle sometimes, right? Because you get torn between the world and yep. and God. But it, it needs to be God. Um or some people would just say if they want to go alliteration, they say faith. Because they want to say what? They want to say faith and then what? Family. Everybody's the what's your topic? Faith family. And then, faith, then on. Friends, maybe. Yeah, it's faith, family, and friends. You know, I keep that alliteration. Sorry, ride or die, you know. bro. That's yeah. all I need. <laughs> yeah. But uh um no, man, family, uh, for sure. Guiding principles, you, you use the word principles in your question? Yes. I want to be ethical. Okay. Ethical. Uh, because uh, it's it's sometimes tough to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Be really, really ethical. I mean, like, really, really ethical stuff. Like, an yeah. example of that would be... Well, just being honest, hmm. being trustworthy. Even in like the little things you're talking about. <clears throat> yes. Yes. Not even but, in the big things that are necessarily going to get you in trouble. But my question would be, are even the little things that little if you're if you're riding that line of, of hmm. morality? I mean, hmm. I, that's, that's the question I can't answer, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and I don't think I answered your question at all, but. I want to be a good person. Okay. I want to be a committed uh, Christian. I want to be a committed husband and father, and I want to be a committed uh, committed to just being a good person outside of that as well, friend, etc. Even a you know associate. Yeah. Nice. Do you want to be someone? I don't think. Yeah. Go ahead. I don't think I articulated that well as I would anticipate Diesel might did, but yeah, this was very good. Yeah. He what, had what it like, I forget. Oh, it was, it was good. It, it was on our last, we did a podcast, two podcasts ago, two weeks ago, right after yeah. the fundraiser. I hey, like Diesel. He's a good guy. Yeah, I like good him guy. too. He's a fun guy to talk to too. Just super interesting perspective on things yeah, and just a way of thinking. That's cool. And he I always to, makes I me to, think too. So I need to spend some more time with Diesel, man. But it's hard yeah. when I see him once a year. Yeah, I know. And he's right? working out for 30 hours straight. That's what's hard too is like I get sad after the fundraiser, even like last year just being there like with everybody leading up yeah. to it and then afterwards because you just it's just such a like you said such a great group of people yeah. when it's over you kind of kind of come off this high and you just like man i miss i miss what we were doing 100 you know, percent agree the people and- dude and one let me add something to that you know everybody there is different in so many ways in my opinion but it's the goodness that binds yeah. everybody uh-huh. that's what's For so sure. cool about it man. yeah 100%. Yeah, I, I, awesome. That resonates with me. Yeah, for, yeah sure. for sure. Would you like to be someone who's known for making your bed in the morning? I don't really care. <laughs> Let me t- Can I share my perspective? Are we going over time or something? No, you got Listen, whatever time you need. Let me tell you, Connor, this is my perspective on that. Because there's yeah. like people write books about making your bed, right? Yeah, there is literally a book called Make Your Bed. All right, listen. This is This is my argument to that. I think that when you're young, you need to have tasks that will teach you responsibility mm-hmm. and discipline and respect. If making a bed, if making a bed is that, then great, yeah. right? Uh-huh. But in my opinion, as you grow and evolve and mature, mm-hmm. another lesson you learn outside of discipline and responsibility is prioritization. Mm. <clears throat> so now you can you can you can start making decisions of mm. okay, this is priority, this is not priority. Mm. Making my bed has not been a priority of mine in 30 years. Wow. <laughs> now, it's, it's made right now. Yeah, it looks terrible. <laughs> Is someone sleeping in there right now? <laughs> it could be worse. It could be worse. 
It could be. Yeah. Okay, right. wait a second. Wait a second. Lauren. I thought my wife was here. I wanted you to see her. Oh. But I don't think she's here. Why? Just because? I wanted you to see her. She's hot. Have you seen her? No, I've never seen your wife before. You've never seen my wife? I don't think so. Maybe you posted about her on Instagram or whatever. I thought she walked in, but I guess she didn't walk in. I don't think she so. She might be feeding the pigs. You have pigs? Yeah, we got chickens and pigs. Oh, wow. And a dog and a python. Jeez. Yeah. Texas she's right there. <laughs> hey, Texas. Texas forever. <laughs> Texas forever. <laughs> you come down here, I'll let you ride one of the pigs. Oh, really? Yeah, you can ride one of the pigs. Sweet. That'd be awesome. Dixie uh, Dixie and Spanky are their names. Are they like nice pink little piggies or are they like big, black, ugly piggies? They're big. Nothing, nothing like, yeah. Like... They're big, rude. Yeah, they're like, if you don't, if you don't feed them, they get angry. <laughs> and if you say their name, if you say their name, they get angry. They just like, they're grumpy. They're grumpy pigs. So why do you have them? Because my wife wanted pet pigs, man. Huh? My wife came up to me like six years ago and she goes, hey, this is going to sound so Texas. The kids were playing in the dirt and they found some worms. And my wife goes, hey, if I eat one of those worms, can I get a pet pig? <laughs> I'm like, sure. <laughs> so I have this on video. She went and ate a worm. I said, you have to chew it up. You can't just swallow it. And she chewed up a worm. And so at that point, you got to be a man of your word. You got to be an ethical man. You got to be like, all right, you get a pig. You get a pig right there. <laughs> she got a pig. All right. I'm sorry I'm not as <clears throat> as smooth of, as words with Mike Long, but <laughs> talk about <laughs> eating worms and pigs. <laughs> <sighs> You're talking about the principles of life. I'm talking about, I don't know, eating bugs, or whatever. Eating but. worms, yeah. But, all right, dude. This is fun. Dude, Did I you had a good fun? time, man. Yeah, I had a good time. Fun. My cheeks are hurting from smiling so much. We got to make fun of Dan Bader, though, next time, no more. Make we fun make fun of anybody else. Tosh a little bit. You did. I always make fun of Tosh. He just doesn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Tosh. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks a lot. I got her.